Don't play with things that go boom. Lessons from my days in Olive Drab by Clint Morey, specialist fourth class, retired. Well, not actually retired. It's more like I didn't re-up. Episode 5, The Sweetest Tasting Liquid in the World. Now that the Army had us looking like soldiers, they had another job. And I have to admit, this job was a little more difficult than teaching us how to salute and how to march. The Army had to teach us how to become soldiers, real soldiers, fighters, or to be a little bit more precise, they had to teach us how to kill. Physical conditioning became an important part of our training, which made sense to me. Not that the Army cared what I thought about their training program or anything else for that matter. We were going to be sent to the jungles of Vietnam to fight a war, and being in good physical shape seemed like a pretty important trait. So, we ran, we marched, we threw things, we carried things, we did push-ups, we did sit-ups, we did more running, and we did more marching. They even had a test to see if we were good enough to be soldiers, and they told us we had to pass that test in order to get out of basic training. The Army called it the PCPT, the Physical Combat Proficiency Test, and that test included things like the run, dodge, and jump, where they tested our agility and speed, running around objects, leaping over things, fortunately no tall buildings, and sprinting short distances. Again, it seemed like useful skills to have in a combat situation. And then there was the low crawl. I have to admit, I never would have come up with this one on my own. The low crawl was a 40-yard sprint. Well, not a sprint, actually. It got its name because you had to cover a distance of 40 yards with your belly touching the ground the entire way. Now think about that. Almost half a football field with your belly in constant contact with the ground. Now if you did it right, you resembled a cockroach scurrying across the ground. If you didn't do it right, you felt like a cockroach as the drill sergeant screamed at you while your arms and legs flailed about and your belly seemed connected to one spot. But I could see how it was a useful skill if there were bullets flying around overhead or if you had to go under obstacles. And then there was also the horizontal ladder. Now this one kind of mystified me. The horizontal ladder resembled the monkey bars that you would see at parks with little kids playing on them. They were a little larger and the bars rotated, which made them harder to grip. I'm not sure what specific combat skill they were trying to teach us. Perhaps they were just trying to increase our upper body strength. And I actually knew this was going to happen, so I practiced on monkey bars at playgrounds before entering the army. The next test was sprung on us without warning. We marched to a field and were told to pair up. So everyone paired up. And then they told us what we were doing. It was called the 150-yard man carry. Right away, I knew I had a problem. The guy I was matched up with was about 6'5 and almost 40 pounds heavier than me. He was so happy that he got me. I was not quite as happy that I got him. In this test, 
your partner lay on the ground. You had to lift him up, put him on your shoulders, and run 150 yards. That's the length of one and a half football fields. Now, I tried to imagine I was being shot at, so I ran as fast as I could, and I guarantee you my legs were burning and a little wobbly by the time I finished. And while it was a challenging test because of who I was paired up with, I thought it was a very important skill. I could envision being on a battlefield situation where a fellow soldier was injured and needing to be carried off the field. Now, I understand they don't use this activity anymore because... Well, it's just too difficult for many of the recruits. And the final test item that I remember that we practiced was the mile run. Again, I thought it was a good exercise uh, for general fitness, and it was useful for a combat situation if you were on foot. Now, I was glad that I had been in cross country in high school, and I actually enjoyed running. So this was an easy test for me. I remember when we took the PCP test, everything went well except for one item for me. I had always done good on the low crawl, but on the test day, it seemed like my belly was stuck to the ground and I had to work really hard to finish under the time limit. But I passed the tests and that's all that mattered. After Vietnam, the Army got rid of a lot of those tests that I took and replaced them with new tests. Why they made those changes is another story for another time. Well, getting in shape was just part of our training. We also had to learn to use the weapons of war. The goal was to kill the enemy and avoid being killed in the process. Our main weapon was the M16. Our drill sergeant made sure we called it a rifle and not a gun. He even had a little phrase he used to help us to remember to call it a rifle, but I'm sure they don't use that phrase anymore. Now, I was a city boy raised in Los Angeles and firing weapons was not something that I did in the course of a normal day. In fact, the closest I came to developing my shooting skills as a civilian was done in places like Disneyland. I would be at a booth that had targets, and I would fire at those targets, and an electric signal would go out, and if it hit the target, it would either fall over or it would turn around and go in the other direction. Uh, that was my total shooting experience before the Army. In the Army, it was a little different. We learned how to completely disassemble and reassemble the M16. We learned safety techniques so we didn't shoot each other or ourselves. And we spent a lot of time on the shooting range. Now, I have to admit, I was not that good at the beginning, but I wanted to get better, and I practiced, and I got better and better and better. And by the time we came to our final test towards the end of basic training, I was really a very good shot. Now, that final test took two days, and depending on your skill level, you got one of three classifications. I, I don't remember what they're called. Uh, there's like expert, marksman, and something else, but I wanted to get the top classification. The person with the top classification could qualify to be a sniper. Now, I was not going to be a sniper because my eyesight without glasses was so bad, but even if I had good eyesight, the idea of sitting around waiting to shoot someone was not something that really was appealing to me. But I did want to get the top score. So for the final exam, we had a shooter and a spotter. When I shot at the various targets, the spotter would record my score. And I remember at the end of the first day, my score was high enough to be in that top level. So I was excited for the next day because I knew that I could get that top award. 
But then something happened, and it was something that was not all that uncommon in Louisiana. It rained. It rained. It rained so hard that I could barely see a few feet in front of me. But we had our shooting to do on the range for our final exam, and I can remember lying on the ground on my belly in a good prone firing position as the rain splattered all around me. And we were notified, the targets are ready. And I stared and stared, trying to see the target through the pouring rain. Finally, I had to look up at the spotter and tell him, I can't see the target. The spotter told me he couldn't see the target either, but I should go ahead and shoot and he would give me a score. So I pulled the trigger and shot. Now, neither one of us could see if I hit what I shot at. So the spotter just gave me a score that was high enough to be a passing grade for that second day. And that was how I was able to get my basic shooting award, but it was not the top level of shooting. Now, I include this next skill in here because it seems like it should go with the M16. Uh, it was bayonet training. Now, I had never in my whole Army career actually seen a bayonet connected to an M16, but that's what we were studying. I can remember the drill sergeant yelling at us, what's the spirit of the bayonet? And he was trying to get us to have the proper mental attitude for this bayonet training. We knew the words he wanted to, us to say in response, but most of us didn't really have the proper mental attitude and our response was a little on the weak side. To kill, to kill with cold hard steel, drill sergeant, we mumbled, seems like most of the recruits had my background with this warrior mentality thing. Now, needless to say, the drill sergeant was not pleased with our response. So he had us do push-ups while he screamed at us. And then he asked us again, what's the spirit of the bayonet? We were a little louder, but not enough to please the drill sergeant. So more push-ups. We went through that routine several times, until we were finally able to answer his question. What's the spirit of the bayonet? To kill, to kill with cold hard steel, drill sergeant. Finally, he was happy. So we moved on to the next phase of our attitude adjusting. What's the sweetest tasting liquid in the world? Yelled the drill sergeant. When the drill sergeant told us how he wanted us to respond, I have to admit we looked at each other and some even laughed. The drill sergeant did not take that well. What's the sweetest tasting liquid in the world? He yelled at us again. Blood, drill sergeant? We definitely did not have the warrior attitude he wanted to hear. So, more push-ups and more screaming and yelling by the drill sergeant. As I recall, while we were doing push-ups, he had said a bunch of very unkind things about those of us from California. With all the push-ups we did that day, we were getting into good physical shape, and finally we were able to answer his question. What's the sweetest tasting liquid in the world? Blood drill sergeant! The drill sergeant smiled. He earned his pay that day. Now that we had the proper warrior attitude, we began our bayonet training. Only we didn't practice with real bayonets. Instead, we practiced with pugil sticks. Those were sticks with pads on the end. 
If you ever saw the old Robin Hood movie with Errol Flynn, it was like the scene where Robin and little John confronted each other on the tree bridge. There was no finesse. Basically, we just pounded on each other until the drill sergeant blew his whistle. Now, I actually did have a couple of lessons during this time. Uh, first, as the Army taught us how to use the weapons of war, I tried to learn how to do it well. I wasn't just trying to get through the test. I was trying to master the skill, and I think that's a good lesson for us in everything we do, that we try to become excellent at what we do. And second, and I'm not even sure this is a good lesson, but some things just aren't all that important. And I have to admit that even though I would yell out the answer to the drill sergeant, I never bought into the idea that blood was the sweetest tasting liquid in the world. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please sign up to follow. Um, and if you know of someone who you think might like it, pass it along. Let them know about it. Now, in the next episode, I'll share about some very, very dangerous weapons of war that we were taught how to use. And I'll share with you how I did on my final tests. Not to give it away, but I actually graduated from basic training. Now, before I go, I'd like to share a blessing with you from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Number 624 to 26.